Welcome to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football-specific podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Probably uh, a tough task for about mm, half of the fan bases. In the Big Ten? Right around 50%. I'm guessing <laughs> 7 out of 14. It's not, don't want to tune in as readily as normal right now. So my guess is an unfortunate situation for a Big Ten football-specific podcast is that in in normal years, we, we all can roll into the season sure. by mostly expecting wins out of conference. Like, yeah. I don't know what the Big Ten's record out of conference was, but they won... Somewhere around 80% of those non-conference games. Uh, yeah, I would think. Uh, yeah, that's probably about right. 80, maybe even a little more. Maybe even a little bit more, yeah. right? So those are all, it's always fun to win a game. It's always obviously more fun to win a game, conference, rivalry, but even beating, you know, directional Michigan, you walk away from the experience happy. I can tell you I do. Yes. We didn't get those no. this year. So right off the bat, and it was something that I had, Thought and about one more thing. Like, let's say you beat Directional State three times. You go three and zero. Oh. You lose your first Big Ten game. It doesn't sting as much. I don't think so, unless it's like a rival. But yeah, because you still feel like, well, we're three and one. Yeah. But when you miss those games oh. and you lose that first Big Ten game, you're just zero and one. You know what it's like? It's like the NFL. This is big boy. This is kind of yeah. big boy football. But even with the NFL, the sting is mitigated because yeah, even because if it's a rival, you play them again. You got the other true. game on the horizon. I mean, you don't have to go. You can go ten and six and get in the playoffs. Even nine and seven, sometimes eight. And even, eight. even maybe seven and nine in the NFC sure. East. So my point is, like some of the best um, uh, New York Giants. I'm an odd New York Giants fan. I mean, some of the best seasons, they had five or six losses. Oh, sure. I they mean, were the hot wild card team. They came in, they won the Super Bowl. You, There is no such thing as a five or six loss college season that feels right. great. So, <laughs> as a Packer fan, both of those seasons that you're referring to, they beat the Packers in the play, in the championship game. I, re I remember, yeah. Yeah. Point being is, it's good to compare, but I just felt like the depths of despair were were heavy. Were heavy into the afternoon and last night on in Saturday. I'm I'm going to go ahead and say the despair didn't really hit me till yesterday. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, you know, and we're going to get into it, but yeah. watching some of these teams win games and I'm like, I you know, what did I tell you when maybe we should save it. But what did I tell you when we sat down to watch Illinois and Wisconsin? I said I just, just want to watch a good game. I just want to watch a, I just don't want to see a blowout. That's Correct. all I don't want. I know. I know. And you then set it, the bar low and somehow they rolled underneath it. And, you know, I left here in not the worst mood in the world, no. but I, I was in a worse mood yesterday. Okay. That's too bad. Well, after that uh, cheery start to the podcast, all right, we got to at least go with some weekly Eisman candidates, correct? Yeah, so we got to start off the Eisman watch for 2020. We got three big candidates this week. Graham Mertz, quarterback of Wisconsin, went 20 of 21. 248 yards, five big touchdowns against the Illini with zero picks. David Bell almost single-handedly defeating the Iowa Hawkeyes, 13 catches, 120 yards, 121 yards, three big touchdowns. Justin Fields, not to be outdone, 20 of 21, 276, but only two touchdowns. So I think what we're going to do here, 
is we're going to go with Graham Mertz. Even though it was against Illinois, it's his first appearance in college. He completed his first 17 attempts in college. He only had one incompletion, and it was on a penalty that was declined. So it could have actually not counted. Yeah. And it could have been a perfect game. I just five touchdowns out of the gate like that. And, uh, you know, looking like a quarterback we haven't seen since Russell Wilson at Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Justin Fields and Graham Mertz, a collective 42 of 44 passing on Friday night and Saturday. I, I made a joke <sighs> on Twitter. Do Big Ten quarterbacks wearing red ever inc- miss complete passes? Maybe that just doesn't happen this year. Um, we're going Graham Mertz because of first start, setting a Badger record, and to a certain degree, Justin Fields is a victim of his own of his own success. David Bell also a victim yeah. of his own success, especially going against Iowa defenses. At this point, it's like, well, he's playing Iowa. That's what he does against Iowa. I, I jokingly called them the Purdue Bell or Makers yeah. yesterday. That's pretty much what they're I mean it's not inaccurate so but anyways three strong performances from people that even coming into the season we expected to be you know big time players but Mertz I mean that's just how that's just right so crazy so Justin Fields with that one incompletion had twice as many touchdowns as incompletions Graham Mertz had five times as many touchdowns as incompletions in that big win Friday night against that uh That sound you're hearing out there is the collective eye roll from every other team in the Big Ten West, not named Wisconsin. I mean, it's like, well, now they got a quarterback. It's like Wisconsin and they've got a quarterback. Great. Speaking of Friday, October 23rd, Wisconsin 45, Illinois 7. The Badgers with 430 yards of total offense to the Illini's 218 um, this Game was Badgers favored by 19 and a half where it settled down. They won by 38, so a comfortable 18.5 points cover if you had the Badgers. Uh, it is my take that Vegas won a lot of money in that game because oh, I yeah. think most of the money was on the Illini, and that's not how it went. Over-under set at 51. 52, 52 right? 52 yeah. on, on a mostly meaningless touchdown Towards the end of the game. So um, we talked a bunch on Graham Mertz already. Obviously, he was playing a video game on Friday night while the rest of people were playing a a typical football game. Um, So lots of things I still think to unpack with this game. Um, It looked a lot like Illinois at at a point because they got back into the game and energized their team off of a big forced fumble. That was returned for their insane stat of not only uh, forcing fumbles, but picking the fumbles up and, and taking then them, doing something with them. Not, not just doing, just going to the house. Right. Is, is, that's what they do with them. So they did that. And you started feeling like, okay, at least there's some momentum here. The offense looks like crap. Maybe this will spark them. It was only 14 to 7, what, four and a half yep. minutes before halftime. So yep. I didn't feel that bad at that point, even though the offense looked putrid. I was just thinking, well, it's Wisconsin. We know they've got a great defense. I expect us to make some adjustments and start moving the ball, and that just never happened for Illinois on offense. There was a lot of frustration that I was noticing on Twitter for the Illini offensive coordinator by Illini fans. Yeah, there's a lot of frustration about Rod Smith right now. The thing about Rod Smith is 
I've, I've said this before. It just seems like he panics. It, first down, if we don't get three, four, five yards, it's like everything goes to hell. The scheme, if the scheme isn't working the first couple possessions, it's just out the window. And we talked about this on Friday night. I don't know what their game plan was against Wisconsin. Agree. No, and, I have no idea. I had no semblance of what the thought process was, run to set up the pass, pass to set up the run. Basically, the only thing that seemed to work was QB1 getting out of, whether it was design runs or not, but Peters would, would run the ball. I mean, I mean, that was the spark of the entire offense. I, I wouldn't say with a design run, he has the choice there, but they were, they're telling him, look, you've got open field, take it when, yep. you, when it's there. And so he started doing that, and I figured... Run that was going to open run things. Some RPOs off that. I thought that was going to open up not only handing it off to Epstein, but also passing the ball. Epstein got eight carries in this ball game. And for those that don't know much about Mike Epstein, because he has not played that much in this four years at Illinois, it's not because he's not good. He's always injured. This guy is a good all-around back. We saw that 22-yard reception he made over the shoulder. It was it was a fantastic catch, right? Yep. And that's when I turned to you and said, "That's why Epstein is good. He can run the ball." He can catch the ball. He's a good blocker. He's a a uh, deceptively fast and talented white guy yeah. that gets injured a lot. Are we sure he's not Mike Dudek? That's just kind of I mean, fun. This is Mike Dudek of the Illinois running back room. It is true. I mean, th- that's a great comparison. Um, with that being said, uh, the Wisconsin defense was as advertised. It was it it, it was yeah. suffocating. Right. So I wonder how much of it is just Illinois being bad on offense and how much of it is Wisconsin being good on defense. Is it a combination of the two? For me, I just expect more. I don't care who you're playing. A, 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 an offense that is a veteran and, and talented, Illinois is talented, you can't put up a big goose egg because they scored zero offensive points in this game. I agree. I mean, there's no way you can walk away from that game as an Illini fan not thinking that the offense underperformed. It most definitely underperformed. But it's just that you don't want to take away from the Wisconsin defense in that statement because of the Wisconsin defense. Smothering. It, it, absolutely smothering. Um, the other side of this would be, so we've talked about the Wisconsin defense. We've talked about Graham Mertz throwing. Oddly enough, the thing that looked the m- most mediocre of the entire day for Wisconsin yeah. was their rushing attack. I mean, right. I it's a little early to be patting myself or ourselves on the back, but we talked on this podcast how you you just do not lose JT without losing some of the big game pop in the rushing attack. I felt like we already saw that on Friday night. Well, no doubt. This is not the same rushing attack we're used to seeing. So I'm I'm wondering, though, like, you know, as much as they lean on that running attack, can they be as productive offensively being a primarily passing offense? That's just not – it's out of the box for them, right? Yeah. Um, the other thing I would look at it, too, is how hard it would be for opposing defensive coordinators, especially in the Big Ten West – they go into that game. They're like, listen, we're going to prepare for the run. I don't care. You if have Graham to. Mertz has 16 touchdowns to two picks. We're not letting them. They're going to run right over us if we let them. So you're, every defensive corner is going to go into the game wanting to stop the run. Yep. So how long could Wisconsin just talk, throw the ball around the yard? Because they're, they're, you know, it's not what the the defensive coordinator is expecting. Type and of and one more thing that, you know, we're already deep into the season here, you know, in terms of the calendar the weather's just going to keep getting worse. So they're going to probably have to back off of that. They can't throw like no. this every game, can no. they? 
182 yards rushing, but only 3.4 yard average. That's so, very unbadger like. And and that's something that's a positive I'd like to point out about Illinois because my biggest question mark for them was their defensive line. I wasn't sure if they could rush the passer or defend the run. They did a really good job defending the run, and they were on the field a lot. Yeah, 43 minutes versus 16 and a half minutes for time of possession and they held up pretty much the whole game but then we did see that they don't they just don't have a pass rush if you can't get to a guy that's that good at the quarterback he's just gonna kill you and that's what he did um obviously wisconsin was the better team they played better they were better any thoughts on the refs i I mean if you don't say it i will okay that spot and that was well, a was big. Awful. That was a big call in the game. It was I think early it was in the 14-7 game. Fourteen seven. I think it was fourteen seven. And, and Ill- Illinois forced a, a turnover on downs. They and did. It was on the short side of the field. <laughs> that was not a first down. It was not a first down, and it was at least a half yard short. And there was a couple other questionable calls. I mean that. You, Look, anytime you're a Big Ten team, you're going up to Madison. It doesn't matter if you're playing football or basketball. There's going to be some home cooking. I mean, it's just something you expect, right? Yes. And I know Wisconsin. If there's any Wisconsin fans listening, they're going to be pissed. But like, I just want to say, you deserve a lot of those calls because you've been such a steady program. So right. I understand how that goes. Again, Wisconsin was the better team, deserved to win it. I mean, yeah. It- I just I would like to have seen that game play out if two things could change. Okay. Yeah. Number one, Epstein doesn't fumble on the second play of the game. Yeah, that was a. Killer. I mean, that's not. That's. I mean, Wisconsin caused the fumble. I'm glad that's you not- brought that up. And that that call right there, because I felt like Illinois had battled back in the game and got some juice. Yeah, that that it's those every game comes down to two or three plays that are like turning point. Those were the those were the two plays for those. two. Yeah, games. I mean, and that's or, pretty that uncharacteristic of, of Epstein, because that wasn't like, you know, someone punching the ball out of there. It, he was not he was not holding it secure. That was that was on Epstein all the way. But, yeah, that spot was just awful. But I wasn't surprised when I saw it. All right, moving on. We had two 11 o'clock a.m. games, noon games if you're on the East Coast or nearby it. Ohio State, 52, Nebraska, 17. Quick, quick shout-out. Ryan Raider, at Ryan Raider 50. I put a uh, poll out in, on Twitter. Name the score of the Nebraska uh, Ohio State game. Ryan Raider nailed. Oh, I did the score. see that. Fifty-two, yeah, to seventeen. That's tough to do. Anyways, why don't you give a shout out? To do. Uh, Buckeyes four hundred ninety-one yards of total offense to the Huskers three hundred and seventy. So not a huge difference in yards to have that big of a difference on the scoreboard. Over under was set at sixty-six and a half. 69 so it went over by two and mm. a half points the Buckeyes were favored by somewhere around 27 points I think most people would have had it out by kickoff they won by 35 so they basically covered by a little over a touchdown all right so let's start with Ohio State let's start with winning team okay on offense they're they're almost an NFL team on offense in the passing game okay good point and and the one that stuck out to me was, you know, Fields is back in the pocket. He's starting to get, a, yeah, a l- sense of a little pressure. He steps up a little bit, and he fires that laser to Garrett Wilson in the end zone. And by the way, pretty solid coverage right. by Boodle there. Yep. And he does the over-the-shoulder, bobbles it a little bit, but catches it. And I was just like, th- those aren't two future NFLers. Those are two guys that could potentially start in the NFL right, right now. now. 
And Correct. so that's what Nebraska was going up against, at least when Ohio yep. State was on offense. Correct. And you look across that offensive line, you look at how deep their receivers are. But yeah, good point about the running back position. So um, Justin Fields, uh, we kind of already went over stat line, 276 yards uh, passing, two touchdowns. He also had 54 yards rushing. That's good for Justin Fields. No bueno for Ohio State. They they lacked a punch in the rushing attack yeah. that we saw weekly last year. So now, do you think again? Com- again, a little bit of back padding here, but we had said JT being gone you, hurts Wisconsin's rushing attack. Yeah. JK being gone hurts Ohio State's rushing attack. Both 2,003 yards. Correct. JK and JT. <laughs> I think we saw that. A little bit, you know. Master Teague is a nice running back, right? But but he's a power back. He is, and Trey Sermon is much more power than I expected coming right. from the Big Twelve. I expected yep. him to be a little more fleet of foot. He's more power too. I agree. So I, I don't know if like I, he didn't seem to get as many carries, Trey no, Sermon, as I, I thought. thought. He, I thought he'd get more. Um, I wonder if they'll work him into the offense more because I did think it looked like he had more burst, more pop than I thought, all those things. Like, Cut. nobody's JK, but, like, Sermon looks like he could do more JK-ish things. It'll be yeah. interesting to see how the running back room unfolds for Ohio State as the year goes on. And I wonder if maybe they'll give Steel Chambers a little more. Yeah. A um, little yeah. more carries, too. So, I mean, Ohio State, by and large, was Ohio State. But one of the things that I had put out that I was most interested to see before the game was – uh, Nebraska's vastly improved offensive line yeah. versus a a uh, Ohio State front seven that we know was going to have to take a step back after the absolute sure. you know NFL exodus that they had last year. We saw that. I mean, well, it, at least early. I mean, early on yes. they actually seemed to be almost controlling the line of scrimmage when Agreed. when they were on offense. But then it did seem to me like Ohio State made some adjustments. They they definitely adjusted and, and clamped down and clamped down. Yes. Yep. Part of the adjustment. So, so positives for Nebraska: the offensive line plus running attack. Right, two hundred and ten yes. yards of rushing. That's a five point eight yard yeah. average. So, comparing, you know, what was the Cornhuskers versus Buckeyes in two thousand nineteen to this year? Definitely, you know, like the the final spread wasn't much different. But right. you know, the stats lie type of thing. This obviously looked quite a bit different. This was a one score game deep into the game. Like, you know, th- then the adjustments were made. That's where that, that's where the, you know, the, the points kind of took off. Yeah, I mean, it, it was 14, 14 at one point, pretty deep in the first half ended up being 24, 14 at halftime. Um, but the offense for Nebraska, I thought looked different from the get go compared to last year. I believe so. They definitely came out aggressive. They're going to use Luke McCaffrey in a bunch of different ways. You're I don't to... know that I agree with that. I mean, I think the thought process is as a defensive coordinator, you're always going to have to know where McCaffrey's at because he can throw the ball, you know, if they split him out. They did it. I mean, but they've I mean, done that in the past. But I mean, playing him at the quarterback position. I, did, I didn't agree with him getting that many snaps at the quarterback position. It's something that's going to be ongoing. I mean, it's it was a story in the offseason for Nebraska. I, I I really think they're just trying to get the two guys that they feel the most comfortable with on the field with those two. But I will say this. I, I mean, don't like this, it. I mean, that's your opinion. I, I don't know where I stand on it, to be completely honest with you. The one thing I would say is I thought Dedrick Mills would have a ton more touches and yards in the game. He just did not. So... Whatever the game plan was for Nebraska, it it wasn't pounding it up inside. And I I mean, 
I'm not saying they, I mean, they ran the ball well, okay? So I don't want to take it away, but it's, I think what they're trying to do again is whatever they can to get, to get the ball down the field to the, with playmakers, because Mm -hmm. the two biggest negatives for me, maybe two and a half negatives here for Nebraska. And again, you got to consider who they're going against, but I don't think there's any question to me that the adjustment that the Buckeye defense made was just giving no respect to the Nebraska receivers. I'm sorry, but yeah, I love fair. the kid, love the mustache. But when Cade Warner is your number one target as a receiver, it, it's it's not good. And and I know they have talent on the roster at wide receiver, but that seems to be a position that just takes more time, maybe maybe than any other. Offensive line would be another one, but it takes some time to to uh, develop that that depth and that confidence in wide receivers. It just doesn't seem to be there yet for, for Nebraska. Well, I, I certainly agree with the wide receivers, and Dedrick Mills only got nine carries for 25 yards on the day. I just think by, by putting McCaffrey in there, you're creating a quarterback controversy that you don't need to do. I think 2 a.m. Is, is the guy. Go with him. And by the way, I'm going to say he looked more like the freshman 2 a.m., Without the knee brace, he looked quicker. I agree. He looked faster. He just looked more healthy to me yesterday. I agree. I, I, he's somewhere in between freshman sophomore. Yes, like oh, that's, that's fair. But so, but they're also playing Ohio State. Agree. Um, the one thing though that has been continuous of Martinez, freshman sophomore, and apparently junior year too, two fumbles lost. It has yeah. it has followed his career. I mean, that's a good point. Maybe maybe like f- just ball handling in general hasn't been great no for, it has for Martinez. It hasn't. And and then as far as the Nebraska defense, I I, I do think it looked better because again, oh, yeah. you you have to you have to go for you have to, you know, take into account who they're they're going against. But, you know, there was a lot of open receivers running downfield. There was when there was gaps in the rushing attack that were they were they were large gaps you know giving up eight nine yards before the running back got touched type of thing okay but overall the nebraska defense looked better i mean i thought effort i thought flying around hitting the physicality all looked great but okay this brings me to kind of my bigger theme about nebraska right now if i'm a nebraska fan how am i feeling right now after this game because i would see okay because you looked better, you hung in there longer, you looked better on offense, you looked better on defense, but you still lost 52-17. to 17. So progress still means we're getting blown out 52-17. to 17. We'll talk more about that on our little list we'll do afterwards. But Because as an outsider looking in, I looked at this and I was encouraged. I'm like, I think this is a better team than last year. But I just don't know what I'd feel like if I was a fan. I think you try to shrug it off as much as possible, understanding you just played the number two, three, or four team in the country. I guess. And one thing I want to point out about Ohio State, their number numbers one, two, and three leading tacklers were their three starting linebackers, which is exactly what you want to see. Out of the three, four. Yep. yep. I agree. Okay. Second early game, Rutgers, Scarlet Knights, 38, Michigan State, 27. Now, here's what's crazy. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, Sparty's favored by 12 and a half points, so obviously Rutgers – you know, covered that with with ease if you were betting on Rutgers. Um, I had made the joke that my gut was telling me that Rutgers was the play, but I just couldn't hit the send button sure. on Rutgers, which is exactly how that played out. Over-under was 44.5, went way over at 65, almost three touchdowns mm. over. Um, so now here's the deal. Total yards. Might Some people might I be know. surprised I know. here. Uh, 
The Scarlet Knights only had 276 yards of total offense. Sparty had 369. It did not seem like that when you were watching the game. So what happened, right? How how does that that work? Seven turnovers. If you you count turnover on downs, they turned the ball over nine Nine times. Nine times. times. So, okay. That is amazing. That's, That's incredible. That's incredible. So, and it, it, how did they even score 27 points doing that? Is my question. Yeah. I, another thing would be how, how did Rutgers only win by 11? Like, this is a Big Ten I know. team. So, here's the thing. Okay. But Rutgers turned it over three I, times. See, I don't too. want to shit on Rutgers because I feel. No, like- I know. But Rutgers turned it over three times. So, th- okay. they, were, they were plus four <laughs> on the turnover and still. I mean, only- net, yeah. Net. Not four or five. I mean, you get the turnover and downs happen when Michigan State was, but I hear you. Okay, so let's pretend that they were even on turnovers. Who wins this game? I I would probably say Michigan State. I think Michigan State, even though me watching the game, I thought Rutgers was the better team. I know. It was was perplexing. It was a very strange game. It it, it was strange. And I have to admit, even when it was a good game, even when Ohio State-Nebraska was still a game, I couldn't take my eyes off of this game. Okay. It, it, Ohio State-Nebraska became my secondary game. I was watching this primarily. I was glued I was, to I the I was TV. reversed. I was, I was more watching Ohio State-Nebraska. That's me. good for the pod, then, because you watched a little bit more. First downs. Here's another one. Sparty, 23 first downs yeah. to Rutgers, 16. How about this? Rocky Lombardi, the embattled Rocky Lombardi. Chucked the ball around 43 times, 31 of 43, 319 yards, three touchdowns. He had two picks, right? No, he had two picks. Good, but I didn't think put he had Put your hand the... up in the air. Put your left hand <laughs> up in the air if you thought Rocky Lombardi was going to have over 300 yards of passing. I did not. I mean, he's come along. He's, he's got a decent arm. You, he's it's it. He's got, you know, some... He does. He's yeah. got some zip on it. It does. But it just... He, it's a labored throw. He was usually... Well, it's a little bit labored, but he's usually zipping it in the wrong place. Yeah. But he was zipping it in more of the right places this yeah. time. Yeah. Um, Noah Vedrill for the third Nebraska quarterback that we're talking about on this podcast. Pretty good. 18 to 29, 169 yards, one and one. Um, Pacheco at 61 yards. Uh, the Michigan State rushing attack struggled way more than I thought. Simmons only had 43 yeah. yards of, of Wasn't rushing. Wasn't crazy? I expected. I mean, I know they Sparty was down a tackle, but. I expected a lot more out of that rushing attack versus Rutgers. I guess what I'm saying is I don't know what the hell to 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 take away from this. I, I have no clue. You don't know what to take away from the like just the game in general for it's, Sparty. It I I think there's a possibility I'm more perplexed by both of these teams than I was after the game than than before. Well, so one thing I was perplexed about is Jordan Simmons getting the majority of carries. 14 carries. Cam Hayward got seven. Elijah Collins got nine. Anthony Williams, I don't know if he's injured. He didn't get a single carry. I mean, where did Simmons come from? I don't know. That was weird. Yeah. I I expected Elijah, but Elijah Collins was completely ineffective when he did carry the ball. Nine carries, three yards. Yikes. I mean, that was their bell cow last year. I guess, you know, I mean, in the end, whether Rutgers forced the turnovers or Maryland just gave the ball away, the turnovers happened. This was the game that, that we were, that was served up. I just, it would be curious to see. If this game was played in a vacuum where no turnovers happened, like what okay, what, what would be the the end result? But hold on. But it did look like. But hold on, because there was the one Jalen Naylor fumble. There was the Jaden Reed fumble. But then there was the two, uh, you know, strip sacks that 
that they had off the edge right. uh, from the left tackle. Right. And forced I mean, fumbles. You, those are forced yep. fumbles. Yep. Those that that's an effort on the part of Rutgers. That's not luck. I understand. Yeah. I, again, I I hope I'm not raining too much on you know raining down too much on Rutgers, but it's just going to be inter- it'll be interesting to see how both these teams do. Well, out. I can I tell you what. From the get go, I saw a competent football team. From uh, yes, that was another thing that I had asked. I said we'd asked it on the podcast. I put it out on Twitter. Will Rutgers just quote unquote look better? They one thousand percent quote unquote looked better. I think my tweet was, um, "Look, everybody, Rutgers is playing the game of American football right <laughs> Correct. now." Correct. Yeah, because and it just looked like a real football team. And Noah Vidal, I got to give him a give him credit. He didn't have great stats, but he had a couple passes that he just placed perfectly yep and a couple beautiful runs and we talked about how this team actually they do have some wide receivers they do and once you got a quarterback back there they could give him the ball and also up front as my you know formerly favorite offensive coordinator used to say john mcnulty our our guys were blocking their guys (laughs) yeah it's 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 funny something that they haven't done the past two or three years it's funny what happens when when you do that so it's starting to get funny how poorly this is looking down on Chris Ash right now okay. because things I, aren't great. I had it, that exact thought during sorry, this game, but it's because I'm like, this is, well, I mean, he's they added just look, the transfers, they, they just, but they just flat out look better. It was just like an attitude. Like they came out and knew what to do. I don't know. They knew where to line up and Coaching knew what matters. they were signed. Uh, yeah. It does look bad. Okay. Um, it was fun to see Rutgers playing a little tempo it was fun to see Michigan State playing a little tempo. This was a, a good game to watch. Now, I will say about Rocky, though, number of times, really bad communication between him and the wide receivers. There's nobody in the same zip code. Not even, yeah. I don't know what that was all about. I mean, yep. But at the same time. You know what it's about? First time in the offense with a crappy offseason. I mean, that's With a crappy, that's yeah. exactly what that was, yeah. I think. Yep. And by the way, Jaden Reed, the transfer from Western Michigan, had a fantastic game. 11 receptions, 128 yards, and two big touchdowns out of Jaden Reed. Wow. They got some playmakers out there. And we'd said that. it looked The roster looked better. I think we saw that. Yep. So I It's going to be thin. It's going to be... It's not going to be a great year, but I wouldn't give up just because you lost this game. Correct. The, I, I saw some things for Michigan State that I do... I mean, don't turn the ball over seven times. That'll, it's going to be a different game. Correct. All right. Moving on to the two... Afternoon games that we had. I don't think there's any question that this was the best game of the day in the Big Ten, maybe in the whole country. Indiana 36, Penn State 35 in overtime. We'll get to the last play of the game here in a little bit. Uh, Total yards, another one of those crazy ones, right? Hoosiers with 211 yards of total offense to the Nittany Lions. 488? That's a thing. Indian Lions were favored by six and a half. So Indiana won by one. That's a seven and a half point spread. But that would have come right down to the uh, wire there. Over under at 59.5. So this was 71 point total. That's four straight overs in the Big Ten. I did not see that happening. So another thing, too. First downs, 27 to 16. Penn State. Time of possession, 40 minutes to 20 minutes. Look at State. Look at rushing. How did this happen? Rushing 250 yards to 41 yards. What a goofy game of college football this is. And I think it was our guy Perkins Penguins that I saw on Twitter posted with that that yardage differential. There's only been one other team to lose in that situation since like 2002 or something like that. Yeah, having that much differentiating yards. 
Yes. Really? It was like to have a team over 475 and another one under like 225 and still win. Because you could have like a difference of yardage of, you know, 400 to 310. Yeah. That's not so bad. No, it's more specific to how low. This is a chasm of yard difference between these two teams. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's over two times as many yards. Um, You know, we talked about Sean Clifford a lot. Um, he winds up 24 of 35 for 238 yards, three touchdowns, uh, two picks also had quite a bit of a lot of rushing yards too. Um, I like he, him when he runs the ball. He, when I, he, I yep. don't like him when he passes the ball. I just, I don't feel good when he drops. Back I mean, there. there are, there are some good moments throwing the ball. Then there are times where it's just, I mean, not all turnovers are the same, right? There are some turnovers that are unfortunate. There are some turnovers that are backbreaking we're going to get to one of those in a little bit yep um that's what these were when when he threw picks it was it was hand delivering points to the hoosiers yeah but you know the hoosiers had some panic turnovers of their own i mean that i tweeted at one point the hoosiers were up 17-7 and it was two consecutive turnovers with two scores for penn state i'm like hoosiers doing what the hoosiers do when they get in this situation it's same old hoosiers they're just um, collapsing right now so it wasn't that I think that's a wash for this game. Okay. An- another one that's not a wash, penalties. Penn State, 10 yeah. penalties for 100 yards. Remember, remember that stat, 10 penalties for 100 yards. Um, I felt like the Hoosiers were about ready to snag victory from the jaws of defeat, and then Penn State was – then they uh, uh, snagged, well, actually, snatched defeat from the jaws, the jaws of, of victory. victory. Yes. Then Penn State at the end snagged defeat from the jaws of victory. Okay. There is a lot of juice going on in Penn State Twitter right now, mostly directed at Franklin. Um, I don't know. I don't know how many Penn State fans would know what the communication was before the last, what should have been the last offensive series, any series in the game. All Penn State had to do is what we're saying is take a knee and not score a touchdown there. They win the game. It's not even up for debate. They run the yeah. clock out and win the game. Yeah, and you look at what you look if you watch that play, the players were kind of like, he's uh, do I what do I do? And he just yeah. kind of walks into the end zone. Right. Whoops. So some kind of communication happened there. Or were they looking around like what we should do because they're wasn't communication that happened there. I don't know, but there was def it was something was definitely botched there, right? Something was botched because in the end you should just go down. But what a great decision by Tom Allen. I to, mean to let him score. But to let him score. Yep. But then it's weird that they actually did it. Correct. Like it's one thing to do it and yep, I know. And here's an offense that hadn't done squat all day long. And finally, less than two minutes left all right, Penix, here's the ball. What can you do? He starts stealing. And it's just, then then you start wondering, is it just a confidence? Like, because he had 170 yards of passing, almost all of them. I I mean, not all, but I mean, a big chunk of them came in that last drive. I mean, they had about 100 yards towards the end of the game, total offense. Yeah. Like deep into the fourth quarter, 100 yards. And then suddenly it's like their back is against the wall. We have nothing to lose. And he just started. Yep just tossing it all over and it, it was it was, it was a thing of beauty it, it was insane um and and let's let's talk about the two two-point conversions correct like because they score and you're like okay but they're not going to get the two-point conversion and then the play they called with to have Penix run it in 
I wouldn't have done that, but no. it worked. And then because it didn't even look like it was a run pass option, it was him. No, I think it was a call. I think yep. it was called. Yeah, which is a great call. And I, I didn't even think he was going to get in right at first when he started running for the goal line, and he gets in. Common theme here, so that makes it um, uh, twenty-eight to twenty-eight. Forces the overtime. Go into the overtime. Penn State and Clifford go right down the field, score a touchdown yep. to make it thirty-five to twenty. And so that's when you're again you're thinking, okay, the Hoosier's going to Hoosier. And finally, Penn State is waking up. Sean Clifford is waking up. They and got they're taking the control hump. of this yep. game. They punch it right in the end zone. They're going to stop Indiana. We're all going to get out of here. And it's just going to be the same, the same result that we're always used to. And then what happens? Indiana gets the ball. A couple dicey moments even in you know the, that offensive series. But they go down and score a touchdown to make it 35 to 34 and Tom Allen does what every fan watching that game wants the coach to do. Let's go for it. Right. And Tom said, we're at home. This is our chance. Like typically two point conversions, throw it around somewhere around 50, 50 shot that it's going to happen. Oh, I think it's less than that. It's about one in three that you convert on a two point. Hmm. Yes. It's about one in three. Um, in, Hmm. Okay. I, in um, fact, uh, uh, Jared Arbor said thirty percent. Really? That that was his number. I don't know if it's exactly thirty, but I've always, in my mind, just said about one in three. Okay. Interesting. All right. Long story short, I bet you before the season started, if somebody would have told a Hoosier fan, if you have a one in three chance to get your first win over a top ten program in. I don't know how long, a long time. Do you take it? You take that shot. Uh, let's see. I, I should know that the top ten one. Um, long time. Anyways. I th- was it eighty seven? I think is that what it was. I thought it was eighty seven against Ohio State. Got yeah. It. All right. And the play itself will go down in Indiana Hoosier history. I mean, I, not so much for Penn State because they're going to want to forget it. But again, this was what looked to be. Uh, either it was, a, I think it was actually, I take that back. It was a pass, but Penix got out yeah. of trouble. And it just looked like there's no, no chance. chance. It was over. Absolutely no chance. Unless he could pull up and find a receiver at the last second. And what he did was. Was exactly into, what I would have said. Don't do that. Don't it's do not going to happen. It's not going to work. Yeah. And he extended out. He suddenly was nine and a half feet long tall is what he looked like i mean it was absolutely from from cleat to football it looked like it was nine feet long it was amazing and And he was getting hit at the time like getting pushed out of bounds but his body didn't seem to be moving out of bounds this is my take on the last play okay if that was called no good on the field it would have standed absolutely but it got called a a a two-point conversion on the field they reviewed it Okay, I'm going to talk out of two sides of my mouth. If I'm a Penn State fan, I'm seeing what I'm seeing, that the ball was short. Because all right, it looked like the ball was short on two out of three angles that what you saw. Okay, but what about the tip of the football breaking the plane? I, I don't think they know. You, they don't know because there was no good angle. There was not. But they called it a touchdown on the field. We needed a pylon cam, which I think is why they they upheld. There's it. no doubt because the the other tip of the football touched out of bounds before the the pylon. But if it's hovering over the goal line, then it's a touchdown. But that's what we couldn't and the ref tell. was sitting right there. Right, he saw it. He called it. It's insane. I don't it, have it is, I don't have like, a problem with them. Like people were saying, a game of inches, and I'm like, that was a game of millimeters. millimeters. Yeah, <laughs> that was so, that was insane. Okay, so the ref was right there. He called it as he saw it and it was so close that they couldn't overturn it. So do I think it 
probably was a touchdown. If I had to guess, I'd say no. But this I, is this is what we're this is what you're served up. Yes, as the ref on the field, and then when they review it, they're they're they are taxed with. If you have proof one way or the other, change it. They yep. did not. No, they kept I don't it a think touchdown. they did. I don't. The think first they did time I proof. saw it, I was like, "That's not a touchdown." Retweeted my tweet and said, "I'm gonna take that back. I think it's gonna stand because that that one angle you had. Yeah, it's like I think the ball could it could have, have been. It could have crossed. So I don't blame. I think they did the right thing in the game, and it's it's great to see the Hoosiers get a break like that too. I'm That's so, true. I'm sorry, Penn State. Fans. I know. It's I'm it, really sorry. I. I I get the sense that the loss for Penn State stung more than the win felt good for Hoosiers. But oh, I don't think so. No, I hope I that's not know. the case because I want the Hoosiers to be that happy. But so I was texting my my buddy Hoosier Al during the game, and he's he like at some point just went off the radar. I think he maybe had a couple too many cocktails, right? Because he never even texted after the game. Yeah. So I yeah, he's probably. Feeling great and terrible at the same time right now. I want to point out Micah McFadden. What a great game he had for the Hoosiers on defense. 11 solo tackles. My gosh. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So in the end, hooray to the Hoosiers. You got the win that your program so desperately needed. The hump game. The the hump game. This was. This was it. This should be. This should be a. This should be go, this should go down in, in Hoosier lore as like a a title to the game the the two point game the the goal line game, you know something like that we got to come the up the panic a, stretch there you, know? you go I like that yeah. that's good we 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 got to come up with something like yeah. that I'm sure the Hoosier fans will the the scene afterwards Tom Allen in the locker room you know that's why we play the sport baby that's right yeah. um, also I want to point out the the good job that the Hoosier defensive line did overall versus. This, you know, we thought it was going to be a pretty stout offensive line for Penn State, and I thought they they went head to head. I agree. Yep. Even though the yards didn't no play out. No. I felt like they, they I held their saying. own in the. Yeah. I mean, they looked like they obviously deserved to be on the field. <laughs> it's Penn State on both sides of the ball. I mean, for the most part. I mean, I don't think there's any question that Penn state's defense was better than Indiana's offense for most of the day. But in the end, it's all about making the plays when you have to make them. And that's what they did. And I want to say another thing. There was a point in that game when Indiana needed to move the ball and you knew it was a passing down and shock Tony just pinned his ears back and went two sacks in a row. And I was like, see, this is why Indiana can't win these games because when it comes down to it, they're just out athleted. It was amazing to watch Shaka Tony do that. He was good. Best player on the field. I don't think Unbelievable. Yep. All right. Second game in the afternoon. <sighs> Purdue 24, Iowa 20. The Boilermakers with, excuse me, the Bellermakers with 386 yards of total offense. Iowa had 460 yards of total offense. Over under was 54.5, 44 of the total. So they went quite a bit under. Iowa was favored by three and a half. The Boilermakers wind up winning by four. You got seven and a half points with the Boilermakers there. Um, yeah. So um, not going to be able to separate my biases from this game. So I pre apologize to any Boilermaker fans out there. Um, so I. Told you that uh, stat that we had from the last game, Penn State. Iowa, 10 penalties, 
100 yards. Yeah, that's the one that stands out to me the most on this entire stat sheet right here. That's just so uncharacteristic of the Hawkeyes. So I think you could probably say this of other teams, so I don't want to think that only the Iowa Hawkeyes, you know, have this this type of, of thought process or development, but Iowa typically looks kind of lethargic and sloppy in their first game. Well, And that first game is typically against directional correct. university. Yeah. They wind up just pulling the game out, winning by two, three touchdowns in the, in the second half. Everybody walks away pretty happy. However, when you don't have that game, the first game of the year, and it's on the road in West Lafayette, much better competition is what I'm trying to Correct. say. So you you don't you didn't wind up pulling this out. The other side of this, too, um, not quite up maybe to Perkins' uh, stat comparison that he had as far as the the differential, but Iowa almost doubled up Purdue in the rushing attack. I mean, essentially call it 200 yards rushing for Iowa to 100 yards rushing for Purdue. Iowa typically wins almost every game just going over 100 yards. Their stats in the Ferentz era, when they get close to 200 yards rushing, we're talking like 99 out of 100 times they win that game. This was the game they they did not win. Okay, well... If you had what I wanted out of the Iowa Hawkeyes, because I've been asking for it for a few years, is run the damn ball better than you've been running the ball. If you had shown me one stat of this game and said Iowa had 195 yards rushing, I would have said, well, they probably won by 14 points or more. Correct. Which is what happens almost every single time they nearly double up their other team in rushing. So what happened? Those penalties, it wasn't just 10 for 100. It was 10 I mean, poorly timed out penalties. Yeah, I mean, it did we, seem like at the worst. You know, times it, it is like yeah. get nine yards on first down. Nope, coming back, it's first and fourteen. It was that thing all day long. Uh, then the turnovers. Not all turnovers are the same. Um, uh, Tyler Goodson get like yeah. basically not going in for a score, but we're talking somewhere around the fifteen yard line. Oddly, his own offensive lineman tried to come in to push him over the first down yard line, and I mean, it was it was a textbook punch out of the. Of the I think football. it was McKay Sargent had the other one that just kind of yeah. like. Just... So that was the one big one, McKay Sargent's. So Iowa pretty much late in the game to me looked like they were just taking over the line of scrimmage as far as O line to produce front seven. McKay Sargent had busted a run open. I mean, nice there run. was. Nobody really around him. I'm not saying he was going to score on that play, but they were going to get deep into Purdue's territory. Purdue made the play. Don't get me wrong, but that, I mean, that is a destructive. There was a lot of, there was a lot of shooting gun and putting your foot in front of said barrel of gun. Remember, do you ever, you ever see the movie? uh, um, Is it? uh, No, not Contra. That's the video game. Commando. Oh, I love that. Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? He's got that rocket launcher that's got three rocket launchers yeah, in, in the thing. Sure. That that's what Iowa did to their foot yeah. on Saturday. Like shooting it with a just a pistol. N- not not I need a I need bigger you artillery. Need to, like, yeah, here. sure. Yeah. My favorite so <laughs> we used to watch that all the time when we were kids. Oh yeah. And we would just wait for the one line, let off some steam, Bennard. <laughs> dumbest God, thing but we just greatest, loved it greatest it was awful and great at the same also, time the greatest like in certain 80s movies when there's the cut up to the guy putting the guard the you know the 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 knife in his 
you know, calf thing and is putting the guns together and sure. like yep. painting your face. Oh, Best yes. one of all yes. time of yes. all eighties movies. I think I agree with you on that one. Yeah, like just putting, insane. putting the face black on oh, and everything. Yeah. Just that was peak short. And he was totally jacked in oh, that movie. God. Absolutely huge. All right. So, anyways, um, yes, that was how bad Iowa shot themselves in the foot. But let's talk about the the Purdue Boilermakers yeah, here a little bit. So they did finish with 104 yards rushing. Now we know they were not a good rushing team last year. But here they were not rushing the ball well until they had to run the ball well. On that last series with Horvath, man, he was gashing the Hawkeyes. Yeah, and, and by gashing in Horvath terms, that means getting six or seven yards. It but, was more than that at times. Yeah, I mean his average, not fantastic, but I mean, I felt like I felt like Iowa's defense was what I had anticipated it being. It was they took a it, step back. It was I a mean, good defense on yeah. Saturday. Yeah. But not not like it's been in 2018 and 19. It, we, we expected it to take a step back. It did. It was good in most areas, except covering David Bell. Two years in a row. The stats of David Bell against the Hawkeyes the last two years is it's insane. I mean, we're, we're talking like we're talking like 25 catches over 300 yards. And I think five touchdowns in the last two years versus the Hawkeyes. I think it's only four touchdowns, but it's okay. 26 receptions. I know that. So he had 13 last year, 13 this year. Only 121 this year, but then he had over he had 200 100, last year. Was it over 200? He's over 300 yards receiving. Oh, okay. All right. Year. But I think it's only, I think he only had one TD last year. Yes. Okay. That, may, that might be so right. So four total. But again, what did I say about David Bell versus the Hawkeyes last year? It's one of those games, and it's this rarely happens where a wide receiver can do whatever he wants. And we pretty much saw that again. It was. Yeah. I mean, it's not as simple as just just guard him. I mean, you have to do more on defense than just worry about one player. Sure. But it got to the point where it's like, okay, we something different must I mean, put a, a, a man him up with a corner and put a safety over top nonstop, at least on, you know, second and third and long, uh, especially on the goal line too. Something like that, but they just kept moving him around. They would put him in the slot, they'd put him outside. Well and, and they that, got the ball to him. So that gets me to another point is it one of the things that just stuck out to me, Brom wasn't even on the sideline. I mean, Brian Brom was, but Jeff Brom wasn't. It is amazing how this team can just matriculate the ball down the field in the passing game when yeah. they want to. Yeah, Aiden O'Connell was good. He was good. Aiden O'Connell's good. I yep. mean, I can't believe that that guy was a Division three quarterback. I, just I mean, can't. it's not like he is he is bursting off the TV screen with talent, but he can zip the ball. He just play. He just he just. Plays the, and he the, the puts it in the right place. And as far as quarterback play goes, um, Spencer Petras first start. You know, a uh, lot of eyeballs on him. Sure, I think it was a mixed bag. Yeah, there were times would, where he I got like he showed his arm strength. There's he no did. doubt about that. Um, but in the end, missed a shot over top. First one of the first series of the yep. game that was there. Um, there was miscommunication with wide receivers. There was rocketing balls in on you know something like you know, throws eight or nine yards down the field. We're going to need to see some development over Spencer Petras if I was going to win a lot of games this year because it looked okay at times, but yep. it never felt in control at any point in the game in my mind. Yep. So a couple things. I'm going to say that I do think the Purdue offensive line has taken a step forward. Agree. For Iowa, I think you you don't have a pass rush right now. You're going to have to get off the at, after the quarterback if you want to have a, Agree. a a better defense this year. And I just don't see the ability in the defensive backfield that they've had in the past. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought Dane Belton looked Dane really, Belton looked great, looked really at good times, um, at times. Yeah, um, Hankins. Yeah, good. I mean, there's two good D backs. I I I would say that the D backs, I have faith that they would develop. There, we were down tons of linebackers too, and we basically had one starting linebacker out there. Shout out to Barrington Way though. He shot, he stepped in and played a great game. So um, there there, it's just not going to be one of those crazy good. Iowa defenses this year. That's all there is to it. I don't think so. But also, let's go back to Purdue a little bit. David Bell, we talked about him. Milton Wright had a good game. He took a just an absolute hit from Dane Belton. Came back in the game, kept playing. He had seven catches for 85 yards. Payne Durham had a couple catches. We saw Malik Carr out there. The four-star freshman tight end looked good. Ahmad Anderson. So there are, as we know, a lot of weapons with this Purdue team. This is a dangerous team. It's I, I think it's a better team I expected to see. It is pretty much the team I expected to see. I am not. I am not impressed by the defense. The defense. No, was, but the but the like, defensive line say, is pretty good. Iowa was working their front seven on the rushing game. On the and, rushing game, and they were there was there was number. Uh, I mean, shout out. I mean, obviously George Kalafka's stud. Um, and Lorenzo Neal does. He can't play. No, he can't play. I think most we. Of the I snaps. think we kind of nailed it when we said Lorenzo Neal. You know, enjoyed himself mighty a meal in the uh, offseason. Also, number 15, Demarcus Mitchell. He was all over the field, too. So there's some talent there. But in the end, I mean, Iowa was controlling the line of scrimmage. I I don't think there's any question about that. And also, there were so many open receivers that Peters just missed. Had some of a couple more of those those passes been completed? Because if it's open, if it's there, that's a hole in your defense that the Iowa, you know, coaches were finding. Peters wasn't hitting them. I think there could have sure. been even more than 460 yards of offense out there for Iowa. Definitely. Fair. I think Purdue is what we thought they were going to be. The defense is going to struggle. They're going to have playmakers make plays on offense. I, I did see them at times, though, beating the offensive line. One for, on, like one it's, on one. It's, I'll give you it's a little feast for famine. Yeah. Feast for little, famine. Okay. okay. All right. Good. Two evening games. Uh, I don't know which one was more surprising out of this. Northwestern. 43, Maryland, three. The Wildcats with 537 yards of total offense to the Terps, 143. I'm going to say that again. No, I'm sorry. The, no, no, 207 the Terps have. Okay. I think you got your number wrong there. So I've got total yards, Maryland. 537 from Northwestern, 207 from Maryland, 143 passing from Maryland. Okay, that's what I wrote down wrong. Yeah. My bad. I made it. So it's note. actually okay. 207. So this line, the over-under was 55 and a half. I went large with this, with the under, okay? And it hit. So 46 went under. But yeah. this was not an under at halftime or in the third quarter. No. And Northwestern just, you know, they they just went vanilla. And Maryland was playing vanilla the whole game. I mean, they they covered this line by 30 points. Remember when we said in our podcast, do we think Northwestern is going to score X amount of points to cover? To get over, no. they, they they scored more than that. But okay, Maryland was just that bad in this game. I mean, they were atrocious. But also, I I, I don't want to. And take, I feel bad because then I take it away from yeah. Don't take away from like, Northwestern because 537 yards compared to what they were doing last year. And I, I'm going to go ahead and say, does one quarterback make that much of a difference? You have to wonder. He, he did. Peyton Ramsey, 23 of 30, 212 yards and a touchdown. Not eye popping stats, but he, I mean, he, he is leaps and bounds better than oh what, what they had on the roster last year at quarterback. I mean, 
And the guy, he's just such a competitor, such a gamer. Like, I, I would take Peyton Ramsey. I don't care who I am. I want Peyton Ramsey as my quarterback. Yeah. Love the guy. Um, I mean, I'm going to take Justin Fields, but. Uh, okay. <laughs> if, 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 if it came down to it. But Peyton Ramsey. But I, I love mean, me some Peyton yep, Ramsey. Yep. But Northwestern looked like a different team offensively than last year. Yeah. Completely. Bajakin, I mean, Bajakin doing oh, some work. I mean. Dude, it was like, it was so much more creative. Did you know? Okay. Let, let, I, I wrote it down here. Tight end, John Rainey had five catches for 53 yards. How many catches did the entire tight end room have last year, and for how many yards? Twelve for one hundred and forty. Seven catches for thirty yards You're last year. Me. Yes, that is insane. I had to look that up because I knew it was about what he produced in that game. This is a. It was just a completely. It. It was. They were running some tempo. It. It. it, it just like, you know, before it was just so sluggish looking, and like they were actually attacking. You want to talk about attacking 325 yards rushing oh. for Northwestern. So, like, every time we throw out, we do our preseason, you know, uh, looks on our teams, we both put out our predictions for um, uh, the standings and, you know, and then our predictions for um, how we thought the weekend was going to look. Whenever we do that, we hear from fan bases like, oh, you idiots. It's you so don't fun. know about love this guy. You yeah. don't know about that. Sure. We love that because every fan base feels that way about their upcoming guys, right. guys you don't know about. That's why we're idiots. I heard from the Northwestern fans the same way. Totally. You don't know. In this game, Northwestern fans were correct. Correct. A lot of the things they said on what wrinkles were going to happen under Bajakin, it's going to look better with Peyton Ramsey. This guy is ready to take a step up. All of that stuff happened. This this Saturday night. Okay, so it's a good point because we hear it from every fan literally base. every fan base, but even the, the Maryland fan base. Yes, we did. Yeah, but it because I was an idiot for thinking Maryland was going to go zero and eight. Maryland might somehow find a way to go zero and ten this year. <laughs> I know we only play nine games. I don't know. They might wind up losing twice in one day. That they looked horrible. Okay, but hold I, on, I before I, we get there, of all the fan bases. Would you say Northwestern was the most right? Yes. I think so, right? The most educated fan base. What do you know about out, that? Played out. Unbelievable. being the most correct. I'd Up say. there in Evanston, and, Illinois. And, I mean, we even said ourselves, we don't expect. It, it's hard for us to think that a North, a proud program under Fitzy is going to be down that much two sure. years in a row. And then we went ahead and picked them, you know, Dead last. La- last in the West. Yep. It's only one game. That's always kind of the rule. You got to watch out and to it not is over the dude. Maryland. I mean, you, so the joke I think a little bit is you got to get your poop in a group. Yeah, their poop was there was no slimy group slimy and everywhere. Like that is, I think that is one of the most poorly coached programs that I have. Ever I know because seen. they're not completely void of talent. Then the one play that encaps- encapsulates the entire game for me was that Drake Anderson run where he weaves back and forth and back and forth. He's not Gale Sayers. He's not Red Grange. I, I like Drake Anderson. He's fine. But it was embarrassing to watch that defensive effort on that play. Four turnovers for the Terps. Tua Tunga Viola. Tuilia. Tuia Tunga Viola. You are not... In the same position your brother was at, 14 of 25, 94 yards, zero touchdowns, 
three picks. Okay. Three of the four turnovers come from the quarterback spot. I don't want to throw too much on him personally because you got Lance Lejean, who's a four-star guy. Tagovailoa is a four-star guy. Um, Josh Jackson, you had this good transfer coming from Virginia Tech who had been also ACC as a freshman. Um, not Piggy. Who was the other guy with Piggy when they were kind of alternating? I think he was a four-star guy. There, it, it it just seems like he has talent, and it just never he can't make it translate to to the field. Wisconsin, Iowa, Sparty. Back in the day, they take three stars and turn them into four stars. Locks takes four stars and turns them into two and a half stars. Okay. I, until I see different, my my joke that I had Saturday night was soon the staff punching will begin. We're, we very soon will be in the locks <laughs> punching miss, staff member zone. I missed that one. So I want to point out a few things. So let's move over to the defensive side for Maryland. I'm just pointing out a handful of of possessions for the Northwestern offense. 14 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. 12 plays, 56 yards, field goal. 17 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. 8 plays, 93 yards, touchdown. You know what that game is called if you're playing for the Northwestern offense? Fun. That would have been a blast to play football for the Northwestern Wildcats offense on Saturday night. I mean, as a defense, don't you hope to have 17 plays? There's 17 chances for them to do something wrong, for you to do something right. Everything went right for 17 plays in one drive for the Northwestern Wildcats to go 75 yards for a touchdown. The one bright spot for the Maryland offense is they attempted and made a field goal. So we are starting our first one. This is our shot of bourbon to celebrate that. Ah, I went with the the good stuff, Templeton or I, four-year. I went with the the also good stuff, but (laughs) not as good, probably. The bouillet, the bullet (laughs) bourbon. But yeah, Joseph Petrino, one of one on the day for... for three points for Big the play. Big and deal. it was right out of the gate. I think it was the first possession. Right. So in the end, I do not want to take stuff away from you, Northwestern Wildcats. You no, deserve the fun. I mean, it was a. We different... just we just have to see things play out a little bit because I do believe this was a, akin to playing a three and nine MAC team. I, I, I mean, essentially, that's what it looked like. Ouch. Okay, so I don't know. Mm, that's my thoughts. Prove me different, Maryland Terrapins fans. Yeah, I mean, team. Program. We, look, we've been saying this for two years. We just we don't have a lot of faith in locks. Nope. And we didn't do anything. We talk to... about all 14 teams. That doesn't mean we have to talk about all 14 teams in BS glowing terms because we have to call it how we see it. All right. So I'm going to ask you something. Would you say Maryland has taken the place of Rutgers yes. in the Big Ten? Yes. I do. I do, too. I know. It's only been week one. Yes, I believe that. At the moment. Let's just say at the moment. Definitely at the moment. I think it's going to play out that way, too. I do, too. Okay. Then we move on to the Big Ten game of the week. More entitled than in actuality on the field because Michigan beat Minnesota 49-24. to The Wolverines with a, a robust 478 yards of total offense. The Gophers had 300 and 26. I whiffed big time on this where I thought for sure this was going to be under in a sloppy weathered contest. The weather wound up being actually pretty, pretty good. Nice. Yeah. So 73 points total went way over. One thing I did get correct though is I went pretty large on Michigan. 
there was even a moment where I was going to predict. I know this, you know, this is all stupid that I bring this up after the fact, but I really, I, I almost predicted a, a huge victory for Michigan in the game. But then at the last second, I'm just like, you know, I think Minnesota will battle at home, but okay. Michigan favored by three and a half points. I mean, they won by a lot more than that. So um, covered by uh, over three touchdowns. So uh, where do we start here? Okay. Before the game, the thought process was, who is Minnesota going to be missing? Right, we, how is it going to look? We expected that because we had heard some rumblings for a so, couple of weeks. Sure enough, right guard, right tackle. They're not playing the rest of the year. They're done. I mean, that's been confirmed. It yep. has? Yeah. Flatly, I, I've, I've heard it from enough. I, I've heard from four different sources of Minnesota fans Saturday night and this morning. Falele is out for the year. It's an injury slash. I just don't want to well, play. He had deal. surgery in the and, offseason. And, and Dunlop. Uh, Dunlop was in a cart thing. Like it's just. I don't Are you serious? Yeah, there was a picture on. On he was. He's got the little knee cart thing. So I think they're almost for sure done. So oh, let's boy. just move on. Well, but anyway, too bad. The whole thing is at least on Friday or Saturday night. The offensive line, which is set in stone. So something that. You know, I was hearing a lot from Gopher fans, and I understand it because I've done the same thing myself. Um, they're like, hey, don't worry. We we had six quality offensive linemen last year, and we've got a couple more. I agree. More. So, you did. Did, so you understand it, right? Yep. Here's the issue, though. The offensive line, when it was at its full lineup last year to this year, okay, only one guy is in his position. The left tackle stayed where he's at. Okay. Left guard, center, right guard, right tackle all new positions. Does that mean all new starters? No, but we were switching around guards to centers, centers to tackles. Yeah, and in a year like this, when you don't have a whole lot of practice time, that's tough. Because as we talk about many times here on the Eyes on Big, chemistry on the offensive line is so important. And Like getting reps yep. at the same place, same guys next to each other. Communication, communication and chemistry is everything for offensive linemen. I think right from the get-go, we saw that that wasn't there. One of the biggest plays of the game almost killed our guy, Tanner Morgan. I mean, I don't know if it was a error in, uh, you know, sliding the protection. Sure. Or, it, it, you know, Mo Ibrahim, okay? More of a running back than pass blocker, I think, is somewhat fair to say. Okay, that's a good point. You know, yes. you, you lose a, a senior running back last year that maybe was more of a pass protector. Long story short, I never saw Tanner Morgan take a shot like he did all of last year that no. he took on that fumble fumble six. And I'll say just Tanner Morgan in general, Bingo. did not he did not look like he did last year, and it was because he was under so much duress. 100%. Yeah. And who was he looking for the whole night when and he was he, under duress? And, and, and I'm not saying Bateman had a bad game because he didn't have a bad game, but, but they, were, was, they were keying on Bateman, and they were trying to take him away, and they did for a lot of the game. He got his yards. Don't get me wrong. He because got his he's catches, that good. But Tanner was looking for him, and he wasn't there. He was almost exclusively looking for him. Yes. Uh, my guess is C to the A to the B. Chris Altman-Bell had a couple words for his his quarterback and coaches after the game because he was open a couple different times. Sure. And we will see. It is going to be a developing thing with the Minnesota offense. Another person, you know, we're not real big hot seat guys, but – um, so the question I put out on Twitter was when's the last time the Minnesota off or defense had given up more than 40 points in a game. Do you know the answer? Kurt? More than 40, uh, university of Illinois. Yes. In 2018. 2018. So we're talking almost, you know, 18 games ago. Right. And they fired Rob Smith. Rob Smith gone. So Rob's right. 
not not real looking real good in Dinky Town right now. Special team coach Rob Wagner, who already was not well thought of by the okay hold on i know i know what you're gonna say no special teams person looks good when you basically lose like they were down they lost their their kicker they lost their kickoff guy they lost their punter i mean that poor guy that was punting i felt bad i felt bad for him and you know i jumped on pj when he tried the fake in the game but i think at that point pj's like i don't want to punt the ball 30 yards there's i don't blame pj for doing I, i was wrong on twitter when i called pj out on that I agree now. I mean, it at that point, you're just like, if we get it, it could give us a charge. What are we going to, if we don't get it, what are we going to net 15, 20 yards here? But I think this, this game showed you just how important special teams are because they had none. Yeah. And every kickoff, they got horrible oh my God. position. It was... I mean, every, every, every special teams play, to, they had horrible field position. And to a certain degree, I mean, the Wolverines had more yards, 478 to 326. But sure. the, the difference in controlling the game, oh. I mean, it was so much on field position and that type of stuff. And it, it's it's what we're talking about there. With that being said, shout out to Joe Milton, okay? I have not seen yeah. quite the love child of John L.A., Joe Montana, Cam Newton, and Cam Newton. But uh, I think Lamar Jackson's Lamar in there Jackson's somewhere. In there. Yep. Um, but 15-22, 225 yards, one touchdown. Also had 52 yards and a touchdown on the ground. He is the man. He so, looked yes. like he was the man. I agree. His teammates think he is the man. He gives this entire offense a different look. Definitely. I mean, him compared to Shea Patterson, you can see from game one, different ball player. Um, he spread the ball around well. I'm not going to go through all of the stats, but look it up yourselves. It seemed like 25 Wolverines caught a ball. Yeah, on, and it's not like Saturday they have night. great wide receivers, but it didn't matter. He was just putting it everywhere. And, like, may, well, maybe they don't have great receivers. We'll see. I mean, I saw sparks of talent in, 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 the, in the pass catchers, so I think that's something that Who could... Who was your favorite one? Um, I don't know. I, mine's still Ronnie Bell. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'm just saying there's a couple freshmen that got playing time that well, look pretty okay. good. Let's talk about some freshmen because I always bash on Michigan for not having home run hitters, right? Blake Corum, I don't know. He might be that guy. He's just a freshman. Let's see. A.J. Henry got a couple looks. That one, like, swing pass where, by the way, Joel, Joel Milton Oof. put the ball in the exact right, right place, yep. and he, bam, went right upfield. A.J. Henning looked explosive, so I'm excited for those two guys for the rest of the year. Uh, how about running back Hassan Haskins and Zach Chabonet? How about how about this for a stat line? Ten carries total between the between two of the them. two of them, hundred and fifty two yards. Oh dear lord, fifteen point two yard average. They both had runs over sixty yards. Wow, I mean, there was so now but we there switch was a, it that gaping hole in the defensive. So now we switch yeah. it back to the the Minnesota defense. Um, this was my thought process was there's some issues there. This was my thought process on why Michigan was going to win the game. I already had my questions on Minnesota's defense to begin with. Then we started hearing uh, rumors about guys being out. Didn't seem like there was that many guys. No, out, it didn't seem but, at all. Like, but uh, they lost the linebacker. Their linebackers were, were, were paper thin. Okay. Yes. The other side of this is, was Antoine Winfield the defensive back coach on the field last year? Because yeah, sure. I saw might have been. all kinds of confusion out of that secondary getting lined up in both the rushing, uh, taking, uh, taking on the rushing attack and the passing game. There's a lot of work for Rossi to be done on the defense right now. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I still think they've got a decent front four, but 
The Ugh. defensive line was a okay. It was fine. The linebackers were terrible, and the D backs were not good. Fair, right? Yes. Um, shout out to damn it. I don't know. I couldn't find it. I looked it up real quick. But a gopher follower of mine said, "Well, so I guess Maryland next week final score something like one hundred to fifty. It is going to be interesting to see not only the spread but the over under so that game. Let's go back week. to the offense though for the Gophers for the Gophers Kay. because they were really targeting Bateman Couldn't nine catches, one hundred one yards. Yeah, had a good game. Don't get me wrong." But not having Tyler Johnson on the other side of him. It's a thing. That, that's a huge thing. I mean, but, you could. But they got Douglas and Hotman Bell. Like, there's, there's But they're receivers. not Tyler Johnson. I understand that, but they're not they're not dog meat either. I mean, no, I really fine. felt that Tanner Morgan had a poor game. He was, he was. But it wasn't, you don't blame it on Tanner Morgan, do you? I don't blame it on, he's a part of the blame. I don't blame it on him. He's a part of the blame. Okay. All right. The other part of the blame was pass protection, whether that was all offensive line or running backs not stepping up. I don't know. Mo Ibrahim, Mo Ibrahim, our, our guy, 26 yeah. carries, 140 yards, two touchdowns. He looked good, too. Bowling He's, ball. He is? Yeah. I mean, so I, for, it, for is me, he, I mean, right now, I, I, I don't, I, he's the best running back in the Big Ten, and I can't really come up with anybody that challenges him from the top spot. Wow, you think so? Best in the Big Go Ten? Go for it. Fight, I mean, he's a, he's a little bowling ball for sure. But just I, I do like Stevie Scott. Yeah. Um. I mean, there's a, there's a host of guys at Penn State, yeah, but somebody's got but, a Tyler Goodson looked good, definitely. But quite he's a not bit. Mo Ibrahim. Yeah. And by the way, they always mispronounce his name. It's Ibrahim, right? Yeah, Ibrahim. Like last night, and they were saying Ibrahim. Yeah. So, anyways, wow. I, number I, one, interesting. I'm. I mean, come up with somebody better than that, but. Anyways, long story short, I I do feel like we saw what I believe Minnesota to be this year. They are going to put points up on the board. They've got still got talent there. I think they can get things short up on the offensive line a bit. Yeah. I don't know where the answers are going to come from right now. Defensively. Defensively. Yeah. And their special teams are going to be at best average at any point this year because they weren't exactly good last year anyways right so it, it so it there's that, some go ahead th- there's still a lot of stuff to like i mean i would oh, say i agree i would say this might be the most fun team to watch in the big 10 west this year we said that in <laughs> so, the preview i mean i had them fourth you had them second both of our our guesses are in play here. Sure. You know how this is going to be. Yeah. Now, if I, now if I'm going to really be a Debbie downer, a Goldie downer right now, Minnesota is wanting to start winning some games here because I've got this sneaking suspicion at some point, Raj, Rashad Bateman just might say, peace really? out. Really? I, that, that would be my guess. Wow. That's a bold call. He already call. opted out once. That's a bold call, but we're going to see that in the big 10. Okay. All right. right? So if I'm a Minnesota fan, I don't get too down about this game because I'm the special teams that it it wasn't even fair. I understand. So I, I agree. I, I don't give up the season. I'm not giving up the season. However, however, PJ Flack, he doesn't seem to be doing well right now. It, it is things are going on in 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 the bolt world. Yeah, yeah. I mean he he was quiet this week before with game day coming like. I mean, did you see? Did, but did you see his comment? Would you see the block punt? Yeah. So there was that, and then nobody said anything. Goes okay, that he, was fun. Multiple times in the press conference, he talked about twenty twenty one. 
Like, trying, did he really? Yeah. Oh. Trying to turn. This was bu- this was before the game. Like, I don't know. It's something's just off. Again, this was my biggest wild card in the entire conference was Minnesota. Yep, mine too. Didn't know what to think of them. Mine too. And to a certain degree, I think you could. I mean, we we pretty much were pretty firm on putting Michigan third. Right now, Michigan is another wild card. Yeah, they they kind of are because they. I will say they impressed me. They impressed me a lot, yeah. and it all came down to Joe Milton. He makes it did. He makes a difference. Did you think it was funny they kept giving uh, credit to uh, Gaddis on the broadcast? Yeah, it's almost like they're forced to do it. Like they're they're fed that that they're supposed to do it. Well, I I've, I've heard things about the PR department from Michigan. Yeah. So okay. All right. <laughs> Um, so that brings us to the last thing here. Um, just kind of fun to do. I put this out earlier this morning, got a decent amount of, so it's big, happy fan rankings and big butthurt fan rankings for the conference. You tell me if I'm wrong. So, all right. So happy fan. No, we'll do, we'll do butthurt fan rankings first. So number seven, I have Maryland because I just don't think Maryland fans are that existent. Don't really care. Okay. Number six, I had Illinois. I'm offended. Okay, and number five, I had Nebraska. Now, no. I think you could flip-flop those for for m- most butthurt. We should be way more butthurt than Nebraska. Are you kidding me? Okay, what I was factoring into this was Nebraska fans' overall thought process that they're they're still going to win the game, their engagement in their 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 team, the fact that, and we didn't talk much, the fact that the targeting calls, the 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 yeah, poorly refed stuff, like uh, it was brutal because it wasn't Horrible just calls. about the loss. We had the loss by that many points. The refs being crazy with targeting in that game. I got called out on Twitter when I said Nebraska's just headhunting now. I meant that as a compliment. I love watching physical <laughs> defensive backs. Nebraska fans jumped all over me. I would say no, wait, you got Nebraska fans. Isn't that, isn't that weird? Okay. You got to watch launching yourself too much because that, that, that just, but the one launch, like it's okay. If you throw yeah. the, if you throw the shoulder, Dude, that I'm was, with you. I mean, okay. The one, if you go by the, the letter of the law was a targeting. The other one was not a target. I agree. I agree. But even the one that was a targeting, it was so ticky tack. I know. I'm with you. Um, and then the last meaningless touchdown that the Buckeyes. Yeah, well, uh, but that's just college football. Okay. I'm just saying. Like I'm it going, happens. I'm going off of Twitter, and I mean Nebraska fans were, they were they were they had right, the torches well, in the streets. I'm talking so. to Nebraska fans right now. As an Illini fan. I get that, you know, the garbage touchdown all the time. And I don't like it, but it's just part of college football. Yeah. Number four, I have Michigan State because you lost to Rutgers. You know, I'm still, I can't get past Illinois at six. Okay. You want, you would move, you move Illinois much further up. My, my thought process is Illinois started the year or started the season off on the road versus what probably is a top 10 team. Okay. Like they were. 24 point dogs at one point. Will you allow me to retort? Yeah. Okay. We were told in 2017, this is a rebuild. Be patient. Wait for 2020. It's going to be four years. Guess what? We're all seniors now. We're not untalented. There's plenty of talent on the team. We went and laid a freaking egg offensively up in Madison. This is every three to five years. Illini fans are said are told, Oh, just be patient. It's a rebuild. And this is what I get out of my rebuild? Okay. That's fair. Okay. Sorry. I, no. I'm, I, I, I tell you what, I'm going to get through the rest of them 
rank rank your own rank your own butthurtedness for the okay uh, all right then, i will okay. number three i have minnesota um the reason i've got him that high on the butthurtedness is the big year that they had last year now coming into this year i feel like they are new to the getting your hopes up before the football season starts and having them crash down before it sure. even gets going. Yeah. They they seem to be as as angry as anybody that I saw on Twitter. Okay. Number two, I have Iowa. I guarantee part of that is because I'm an Iowa fan. But going into Purdue, thinking you can get the season off to a three and O start. But the style of the way the game was lost by outrushing the team by almost 100 yards, but the the sloppy penalties and turnovers, the the style of the game losing that game is what stung so much for Hawkeye fans. And then I have Penn State number one. Why? Penn State starts the year 2-0. They are viably thinking national championship, Big Ten championship. Within one afternoon, they are 0 and 1. Right. And so now they are looking the at the season's over. They're almost. looking at being 0 and 2. Yeah. We are talking about top of the top for possible expectations to bottom of the bottom by one afternoon. Okay. You know? Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Give me yours. Okay. My top one is Penn State. I will okay. agree with you. Yeah. There. Okay. My second is Illinois. Okay. My third is Minnesota. Okay. Fourth is Iowa. Okay. Nebraska, Michigan State, Maryland. Okay. All right. That's fine. Really not even close to yours. No, not really. I mean, we got Penn State first and Maryland last, and then we jumble them up in between. Right. Yeah. Here's the difference. Um, I'm an Iowa fan. <laughs> You're an Illinois <laughs> fan. <laughs> but hold on. Here's what it tells me. It's just like, ah, it's Illinois. They're supposed to lose. That's what I hear from you, putting us way down there. Not not every game, but that one. Because but the, we knew how that good... one. It was the way that they lost it. I understand. The... the Complete lack of offense stinks. Oh. That is so goddamn frustrating. So I'm with you there. That's not what my thought process was. If they would have lost this first game to Rutgers or Michigan State, then I would have had Illinois much, much higher. I mean, I Does guess. that make sense? Yeah. The I, reason, the same reason that I have Nebraska fifth yeah. and have Illinois sixth is the same reason because they played really good teams. Okay. That's that fair. fair. Yeah. That's it. Okay. That, that right. wasn't you. You put a little too much into I'm going might... to shake your hand right okay. now. All right. All right. Cool. That makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. All right. Then next up, I have the happy fan rankings. Now something that's funny here. Okay. This is, I put both of those out right on top of each other. I have now 21 fan interactions for the happy rankings. I have <laughs> 71 <laughs> interactions for the butter rankings. <laughs> Does but that the, not? Does that not? Is that a perfect snapshot of Twitter? But that's not even like the actual inter- Like if you go to the 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 oh, data, yeah. from it'd be like thousands. Even yeah. yeah, it'd even be greater. I'm just going off of that's likes, funny. retweets, and comments. But all right, so the big happy fan rankings. I have Ohio State seventh. Why? They expected to Correct. win the game. I have Wisconsin six. Why? Agree. They expected to win the game. I have Michigan fifth. I think they are a definite notch up from Ohio State and Wisconsin because that was a closer spread, a better opponent, and they looked fun on offense. So. But also they're arrogant, so they expect to beat Minnesota every time. Which is why I have them at fifth. I yep. have Purdue fourth. I think that's right. I mean, somehow Purdue fans just expected to win that game. Some of them <laughs> thinking it was going to be a blowout, which absolutely blows point. my mind. But I think so because of that, they're like, oh, yeah, well, we expected to win that game. 
<sighs> Anyways, Northwestern, I have third. They 1,000% expected to win the game, but right. that had to have been... I mean, they watched more offensive like successful plays in that game than they did the entire month of October and November last Absolutely. year. Absolutely. That's not even up for debate. And I would say you could swap Purdue and Northwestern, but I, I don't argue where they're at. Number two, I have Rutgers. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, any win, but that being a Big Ten win. Do you know I mean, it's the it's it's a first for the Eyes on Big Podcast. What a first Big Them? Ten win by Rutgers since we've been recording. Yes. Holy shit. Because they their last that. win was twenty seventeen. Before we started recording. Before we started recording. Holy shit. It's an Eyes on Big First right there. Wow. We, Rutgers won a Big Ten yeah. game and we were, we're talking about it on yeah. the Eyes on Big Podcast. It's crazy. Um and then number one, I got Indiana. Why? Because it's a it's literally a historic win absolutely that's getting like getting over the hump of beating either ohio state penn state and michigan alone is a reason for that to be huge the fact that penn state was ranked in the top 10 the style that it went down all the way down to the end two-point conversion if you are a diehard indiana hoosier football fan you are going to remember that game for probably the rest of your life yeah i mean and just so just like Okay, if if they just outgained them and just, but it was just so everything was so unexpected in that game. That's not the way you would expect it to go down, right? All adds to the lore. There, that that stretch of Penix is going to be everywhere in the football complex. The Penix stretch. But they're going to probably have. They're going to take the frame just before it touches. <laughs> They're going to find, they're going to like hire somebody to like the perfect make, Maybe even like, you know, nudge doctor it just it up a, little. a little, doctor it up a little bit. Uh, I am Jeffrey the Greek. And I'm Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you very soon.